0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, good afternoon and welcome inside the latest edition of Across the Cavs. Zach Weiss with you as always. It is September. That's right. I haven't seen a Cavs game since March, but the NBA is back in full swing. Got a game seven this evening. Going to be very exciting between Denver and Utah. Former Cavs players Tyler Cook, who probably won't see the court, and Jordan Clarkson. Hoping to get their respective teams to the next round. And with me today... OG Cassians, remember the 2012-13 season. A lot of action at the deadline. The team really started to show improvements in the win column. And we got Kevin Jones, who played 31 games for the team in that season with us. And Kevin, it's great to have you on today.
1: Thank you, man. I appreciate you having me.
0: Absolutely. Kevin's celebrating a birthday recently. So how, how was that for you? Obviously, it's a different time to have a birthday now because you can't see people the same
1: way. But were you able to have an exciting day? Yeah, I had a good day, you know, as, as best as I could with everything going on right now. My friends made sure um, they, uh, they treated me as, as well as they could on my birthday. So I appreciate them for that. And any, any special meals you had this year?
0: They saved up for that day?
1: Uh, nah, no special meals. My, my big thing is I like to go to Cheesecake Factory. I like that a lot. But uh, unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to go there. But um, I had a nice uh, Italian Italian meal, some pasta and stuff. So it was good.
0: That sounds good. My birthday's next yep. week and it's funny Kevin, the one restaurant near me that's closed is the one place I wish I could have gone. So we're both Yeah. Both. <laughs> but all right. So we're going to start right in on your on your time with the Cavs, your one season in the NBA, spent another with the Canton Charge before the overseas career started. We're going to get to that later, but the one thing everyone talks about, Kevin, and you were there for a year, is that those early 2010s Cavs, for some reason, there was always some kind of drama involving number one pick, Kyrie Irving. So first off, uh, being on the team for
1: that whole year, what was your relationship with Kyrie on and off the floor? Uh, well, on the court, uh, just uh, looked to him. He, had a, he already had a year under his belt um, before I got there. And um, so just looking to him for, you know, guidance on the on the NBA game, even though he was younger than me, he still had a year under his belt and um, just trying to trying to take any information I could from him, try to help me with my game and help me in the system. And uh, off the court, it was good, too. We actually he actually lived in the same building um, as me for a little bit. So uh, he was living right below me. So we would uh, we would hang out sometimes
0: any 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 activities you know we got you guys gamers, get that ping pong in, get that air hockey in
1: when you were when you were together Uh yeah, yeah, I mean, no, nothing really like that i mean we would we would go out on occasions together uh go outside and enjoy stuff like go to the clubs and stuff, listen to music, but that but that was really the extent of that All right. and then
0: off the, in addition to off the chord, so there was always something you know when when Dion was there before Dion was there that there was always. Some kind of rift and that it was always Kyrie wants out, Kyrie's camp wants out. From, from your relationship with him and being on the team, was any of that actually true around the team? Was there really drama? It seems like he just wanted to play his game, and the media fabricated a couple of stories.
1: Yeah, I can't really, I can't really speak to that because I wasn't around him on, on, on that level. But to me, everything was running uh, smoothly from the way he practiced to the way he played in the games. And it didn't seem like he was bothered by anything. And, you know, the media tends to blow stuff out of proportion. And I think Kyrie is overall like a misunderstood guy. So I think people put a lot of things on him that's, I think, undeserving sometimes. But um, to me, everything was going fine. And for, uh, for me as a, as a rookie, I was just trying to go about my business and, and worrying about, you know, what I had to do to stay on the team and, and get playing time.
0: And, and there were some days where you did. You logged 20 minutes a couple of times, Kevin. You had a 10-rebound effort in uh, the 80th game of your rookie year against the Philadelphia 76ers. You had, you had a couple double-digit scoring games. But what were, what were some of your
1: favorite memories, you know, playing for Byron Scott, being in Cleveland that year? Yeah, I think it was just making an NBA roster because uh, when I started, I did a training camp deal with the Cavs uh, for summer league and then to go to training camp, and I made it all the way to the last cuts. And then um, after that, I ended up playing with Ken in charge and, and did really well for the first couple of games. And then I got signed up, signed for the rest of the year. And I think just the whole NBA experience, just knowing that your, all your hard work paid off and, and being and actually playing in the games and playing against some of your uh, favorite players that you used to watch on TV, that whole experience to me was, was uh, unforgettable. And there was a specific game in your,
0: in your season, your rookie season, where you guys were playing the Heat. And you guys were up 20, 55, 34 at the half, as I'm sure you remember. And this was a team in the midst of what would go on to be the second-longest winning streak in NBA history at 27. I think it was at 20 games coming in. And you held them to 10 points. You held Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, and LeBron James to 10 points in the second quarter. So what do you remember specifically about that game and just how good – were the heat because obviously whenever LeBron faced the Cavs in those four years, it was always going to be personal because I mean, obviously he made the choice to leave and that's, that's his decision, but he always wanted to let them know exactly what the franchise was missing whenever he came to town.
1: Yeah. I I think for me, I remember that there was like a delay in the game for some reason. I can't remember what was going on, but there was a delay in the game. So that was kind of the anticipation was already there. I, I wanted to say it was his first game. Back in Cleveland, since he since he went to the Heat, I'm not sure, but um, it was like that game started off crazy. I think we had a lot of momentum going into it, and um, I think we kind of hit them early and kind of surprised them, but um, just just to watch those guys like play in person and be on the sidelines watching it because I I didn't play in the game, but just to watch it from the sidelines, man. I mean, they're hall of famers for a reason. So um, for me, it was just that whole experience just from the, the start of the game to the end of the game and where they were and in that, in that uh, point of their season, like you said, with the winning streak. It was just amazing to watch. And I, I think it was, the, it was the third year that he was on the Heat.
0: But that, that first game okay. for me, though, w- when they played, might be my, the craziest thing I've watched. But getting back to it, Kevin, yeah. one, one thing I noticed, I remember well from this game, and for you guys, the second half of the season – as soon as Wayne Ellington and most Spates got to Cleveland, they both became guys that you can rely on any time you needed a bucket. And I just remember, and I, you do too from the bench, you guys probably throwing up the three sign every possession. They were both on fire. And I really thought that if one of them could have stayed hot into the fourth quarter that the game was winnable and you guys would have been
1: making national headlines for beating the Heat. Yeah, I think so too. When, um, when we acquired both of them – they were both kind of like uh, bigger brothers for me, especially uh, as a rookie, just watching them, watching what they did in practice and how they conducted themselves as professionals. Uh, I learned a lot from them, especially uh, most states which uh, we built a relationship with after after we both um, stopped playing for the Cavs. So I I knew that they were both great scorers coming into it. And then you see their talent on on display when they get on the court. So um, I just looked up to them for advice and, and just watched how they conducted themselves as professionals.
0: Yeah, both guys. Still, most fakes no longer had a year with the Magic. A couple seasons ago, Wayne Ellington got to see him in person. A couple times when he played for the Knicks this year, unfortunately. I went to the wrong Knicks Cavs game, Kevin. It was when, not when the Cavs won by 30 against the Knicks. The very next week, they played again. And Alfonso at the slide in at the four, it just did not go well. So I, I think I picked the wrong game to go to as a <laughs> fan in New York.
1: Yeah, probably.
0: <laughs> I got I got to I got to pick better ones to go to. But okay, getting back to it, you talk about your relationship with Mo and Kyrie and Wayne, but who who was your favorite teammate? Who was the guy you kind of vibes with the most? Who was like your go-to guy on that Cavs team, your favorite teammate?
1: Uh, if I had a go-to guy, uh, I would say it was probably between Mo or Luke Walton. I was at the time that took me under their wing and uh and kinda of helped me a lot. Also, uh Anderson Varja, he was he was a good um he was a good teammate as well. We would go out and eat sometimes and um they would just you know go over things with me like as far as film and what they felt like I needed to do in order to, to get some playing time. So they were all guys that, that helped me out a lot and just uh nice, and sincere guys.
0: And now on another note, so you mentioned Luke Walton, and that's great to hear about Vera because everything you see from the outside just point to him being a great teammate, a hard worker. And and other than being put on one of the greatest posters of all time by Dwayne Wade in 2007, he's just a guy, you know, he's going to take the charge. He's going to grab every rebound in sight. He worked on his game. And I know I'm sure you saw the improvement in his free throw shooting to you watching the NBA and you being there. I'm sure it was tremendous for him. But we talk about Luke Walton. And a guy that isn't as well-known from his playing days, Chris Quinn, if you blink twice, you forget he ever played in the NBA. He's still only 37. He only had a couple seasons, and it was in Miami, then with you guys. He's been a great assistant for them. Whenever you're watching a Heat game and you see the bench, you're always going to see Chris Quinn with the players. But did you notice anything about the way that Luke and Chris conducted themselves in Cleveland that led you to believe they
1: could become successful coaches as they both are today? Uh yeah, I did. Um Chris Quinn was also a great teammate. He spent uh it was like towards the end of the year he they acquired him, but Chris Quinn was also a great teammate. And uh yeah, I did. From a leadership standpoint, all the guys in the locker room respected them. Um they had big voices in the locker room. And uh you could just see from a leadership standpoint that those guys, if they ever were put in that position to be a coach, that they would do really well at it. So um I that doesn't surprise me how well they're Doing right now, and their coach, and both their coaching jobs. So I just wish them um, much more success in the future. But yeah, I definitely seen it.
0: And I'm hoping, Kevin. I'm sure you too. That obviously Eric Spolstra's job is going to be safe for many years. But if Chris Quinn should desire it, it's crazy how many openings are coming about now. Two coaches whose teams got swept in the first round because of some unfair circumstances both lost both lost their jobs. So you never know if Chris Quinn might be on the list.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You never know. I mean, whenever, whenever it's your time, it's your time. And NBA is a place where uh, coaches sometimes um, undeservedly get fired. So, you know, if he ever desires to do that, he can take the opportunity. and I think he'll do good at it.
0: Absolutely. And we'll see. So, all right, Kevin, you had one year in the NBA with the Cavs. You had a second go, second year with the Canton charge and some more summer league experience but I'm sure you're still watching games these days. Are you still a fan of the Cavs, or do you have a favorite team from childhood that you might favor
1: over the Cavs? Um, yeah, I still watch uh, Cavs games. Sometimes they come on TV, you um, know, I could catch it. But uh, I don't. I wouldn't say I have a team. I just like watching uh, good basketball. My team before, my childhood team, would be any team. Uh, Kevin Garnett played for it. That was my childhood uh, basketball idol growing up. So since he's retired, I haven't had it. Team, so but I, I like watching Golden State play, like watching um, Rockets play, Milwaukee, just to name a few teams. And do you think you think the
0: Rockets can pull it off tomorrow night? I, I really think that based on how Russ played yesterday, it's gonna be really hard for them to overcome the Thunder if Schroeder doesn't get ejected again.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think that if the game is tight, you're gonna have the favor OKC because they they've been doing well in in close games all season so but if it if it's like a five ten point lead something like that going to the fourth quarter I don't think they have enough firepower to come back from that but we'll see how it happens I think it'll be a good game either way absolutely got another one tonight which we're going to get to later but we go from the Cavs and
0: Kevin you're still you're still just 31 now still playing still playing professional basketball so first first question on this topic What are some of the not-so-subtle differences versus playing in another country overseas compared to the NBA?
1: Um, I think speed of the game. Obviously, in the NBA, you're playing with the most talented players in the world. Um, Overseas, there are a lot of talented players as well who could easily play in the NBA. But I think the speed of the game, the style of the game, uh, different countries, you have different styles. Um, Some countries like to slow it down more. Some countries are more fast-paced and athletic. But I, I say, for me, the difference more comes off the court. Obviously, you away from your family in a whole different country. You got to get used to new language, teammates, you know, the culture. So I think more of the difference comes from off the court than on the court because basketball is basketball at the end of the day.
0: Absolutely is. And so how much have you been able to play nowadays? Obviously, I'm sure March, April were probably hard. But now with gym starting to open are you back in a normal basketball workout regimen?
1: Yeah, luckily um, for us, we've had. I live. Um, I live in West Virginia still, where where I went to college at. So they we've had a gym here since everything has been started. So it was hard for us to get in for a couple of weeks, but I've been having a like regular regimen for the last month or two. So it's luckily for us we've been hap- uh we had that. So I can't speak to other people. I know it's hard with everything going on right now, but um fortunate for us I live in a a living where we went to college at so it's been um it's been pretty good for me so far
0: that does sound great yeah back back where you had the glory days you know the year years 18 to 22 I'll say I'm only a couple years removed I'm not a professional basketball player by any stretch but having called so many games those four years are really just where sport I think takes on a new meaning in your life and I think that's where you really develop the passion for what you want to do in sports and I'm sure you can agree with that seeing where it took you
1: yeah for real for real and um wvu is like my second home so this is where i stay when i'm not playing overseas i have a um i bought a house here so i can work out and um play with some of the younger guys while i'm here you know uh some of the older guys that i play with we all come back and we we try to give back as much as possible so it's been it's a great like family environment for us and we talk about going
0: back to your, your playing career. You've, you've been on a lot of different teams. I'm not going to attempt – some of these pronunciations are <laughs> Bokomotiv Kuban, Baskonia, 1992, yeah. you know, currently with Alvar Tokyo, and I saw congratulations on uh, second year with them coming up. Thanks. Thank you. And so what are your personal goals for, for you
1: in Tokyo this coming season? I mean, the goal is to always win a championship. They uh, they won a championship the last two years before I got there, and then even last year we were the number one team in Japan before everything happened with the virus. So it's just to get back on that same track. We don't know how games will be played, if there'll be fans, if there won't be fans. But we just gotta stay focused and you know um, take take whatever comes. So that's my goal is always to win championships, and I haven't won one yet. So I'm I'm, I'm thirsty for one right now.
0: So then, what you, what you, was your last championship then the PHSAA in 2007 at Mount Vernon?
1: Yeah, well, uh, the last championship, I want to say, was the Big East Championship.
0: That's, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I can't, can't, yeah. can't discount that, especially in such a, such a tough conference. That's my mistake. Two, back again here with Kevin Jones. Final topic of the day, I know we talked basketball, NBA, international, but always always more to do than just basketball so kevin have there been any shows you've seen in the quarantine period that maybe you hadn't seen before or certain shows that you had heard of didn't have time for you finally saw and also really liked that you want to recommend
1: uh well for me i didn't do much time watching shows or tv I, i think i spent more time reading books and and things like that so but the shows that I did watch, I finished watching uh, Ozark, which I would recommend. Okay. Um, Tiger King, which uh, a lot of people were talking about, so I just wanted to see what the all the hype was about. I didn't really like it like that. And then I there's agree, another man. show called, uh, yeah. And then there's another show called All American that people were talking about. I didn't, I didn't really like in either. But I think oh, I would recommend Ozark to people who are, who are looking to find something to watch. Probably great to see Jason Bateman in a TV show because we really haven't seen a ton of that since Arrested Development. Yeah, yeah. I, I like his movies that he's in, so I, I knew that it would be good. Usually he's in a comedy, but this one is a, a little bit different, but I, I still like it. That's good to see.
0: Any books you'd recommend? And obviously, I'm, I'm a huge reader myself. Not a ton of sport-related books, but what,
1: what do you have in the book realm to recommend? Um, I've been reading a lot of books, man. So I'm a, I'm a big, uh, I guess I would say self-help uh book kind of guy so um I recommend Secret. Um uh, I like uh thinking and Growing Rich. Um there's a lot of other books that I, I've read too but is there's like so many I can't think of but those two were uh two of my favorites right there.
0: Good to know. Good to know uh Kevin and so we're talking about books, talking about shows, talking about the NBA Finals. I think that, you know, it's still a wide-open field. I think for the first time since before LeBron left Cleveland, so this is going back to your co- your college days, uh, maybe 2009 when the East was so open. I really think, and I'm sure you agree, that it could be the Bucks, the Heat, the Raptors, or the Celtics representing with Boston up one defending champ, and the Bucks down 1-0 against the team that looks to be in command. And in the West, you got the Clippers, you got the Lakers. You could have upsets next round. What's your NBA Finals prediction? Who's getting there?
1: Oh man, it's it's tough right now to say. I mean, the teams that are playing are still playing right now are the teams. Uh, you know, I I would guess everybody that everybody would pick to still be playing. But my personal, I think Finals matchup is the Clippers versus the Bucks.
0: Okay, so you, you see uh, Milwaukee overcoming Miami in the next series, and you think the Clippers, by you know, the potential suspension of Morris, that I don't know if he will, if they're going to look at it, you know, you got, you don't think that any of the Clippers, you know, the three guys, whether it's Harrell or Morris or
1: Beverly and the off-court antics will keep them from winning in the big picture? Uh, No, I don't think so. I think they have an, enough uh, leaders on that team, and everybody seems pretty locked in, and And I think they're all hungry for a championship and also to prove um, that the, you know, the city of LA is theirs, you know, over the Lakers. So I I think they'll get it together. And I I like them slightly better than the Lakers, even though they have LeBron and AD. So then you think the Clippers will then beat the Bucs too? And officially it'll be three titles in three cities for Kawhi? Yeah, I do. I do think so. I think they just have the, the most talented team and the, um, in the nba right now and i mean that doesn't always equal the wins but i think in this case it will and you have a lot of guys who haven't won a championship yet and i think that they will uh their their hunger will overcome everybody else's team so i got them winning
0: and the big thing with the clippers was for paul george winning his first playoff series in six years with that first round when he finally broke out and obviously. He's feeling better mentally, which went a long way to helping his performance. So we'll see what ultimately happens. Now, the Clippers are, are a great pick. I don't even think I can make one right now. I just the, the competition is so tough. I don't think I can make a finals prediction until we actually get to the finals. Any, anyone can go. I, I really don't know that the Bucks can beat the Heat, and even if they do, I still think Toronto, Kevin, personally speaking, even though they're, they're pretty struggled against Boston in game one I still think they're the favorite that's that's my opinion even without Kawhi and Dan but. uh yeah
1: I mean I could I see why you say that but I think that um I don't think I don't see them being Boston I think Boston's their defense and between um Jalen Brown Jason Tatum and, and Kemba, I think that'll be too much for just uh for um Kyle Lowry and um and Siakam I think that those those guys just are a little bit more talented, and I think that their time is now so I got the I got the Celtics over the Raptors
0: all right, so that'd certainly be exciting. The Celtics might have had the probably the quietest team to ever make back to back conference finals appearances. They made the first one without Kyrie a couple years ago with Terry Rogier and company leading the underdog way. then they got in more deservedly before taking the cast to seven. So they've had some very impressive years. But all right, so we, we talked about your time in the NBA and you're still playing overseas. And obviously, Kevin, you're still only 31. You're a few years removed from your last NBA Summer League opportunity. But would you ever give consideration to playing in Big 3 when it resumes next
1: season? Uh, No, not really. I, I think uh, Big 3, in my eyes, are more for people who are maybe – towards the end of their career, which I feel like I'm still kind of in the prime of my career right now. And maybe that will be an option in in a couple more years. But as of right now, I'm still not saying that big three is not high-level basketball, but I'm still looking to play um, high-level basketball, whether it be overseas or if I get another opportunity with the NBA. So uh, that option right now for me is, uh, I would say, maybe in a couple years. And have you are
0: you a fan of it? Have you have you have you been to a game in person before? Have you watched it the last couple of years? Obviously, unfortunately it didn't happen this summer, but
1: Yeah, I'm actually a big fan of it. When uh when I first heard about it, I didn't know how it would work, especially with the rules, it only being half court and everything, but the games are really competitive and they have they had a, a lot of high level guys coming and playing in it. So it's actually fun to watch and I have been to a game. Which where where'd you go when you went? What city was it in? It was in Houston. I was actually – I was um, training with uh, Team USA. So, um, we were out in Houston. We just so happened to have that day off. And uh, we went to one of the games. that uh, Big three was in town that weekend.
0: It's a great experience, right, in person. I was there in Boston two years ago. Uh, It's four hours of basketball. I mean, there's nothing better than that. You know, at at this point, you know, there was only eight teams. So, everyone's playing every week. You know, just getting to see – So many great guys in there. I loved watching. Them. I think Killer Three is probably my favorite team. Although I, I'm kind of sad that Steven Jackson isn't playing anymore. He's on to coaching already. But him and Chauncey Billups might have been the best Big Three duo before Joe Johnson came with his boys and took it over the last couple of years.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. I think the nostalgia part is, is the best part about it because you see some of the guys that you've seen growing up playing in the NBA and you can see that they could still go. And some of those guys, you're like, yo, they could still play for an NBA team. So um, it's, it's good to see that and um, see some of your uh, favorite players when you were growing up. So,
0: Absolutely. and I'm sad, sad it didn't happen this year, but before the NBA came up, it's been great having you on today. Kevin Jones still grinding the professional basketball life over in West Virginia now, playing in Tokyo, one-time Cleveland Cavalier. But before we go, Kevin, talk a little, a little bit about your podcast, the Final Forecast podcast.
1: Yeah, well, uh, the Final Forecast uh podcast has been 2 years now and I do it with um with two of my former teammates from WVU, Deshaun Butler, which is a WVU great and the uh, other uh John Flowers who was a great uh great player here during his time as well. And uh, we just kind of formed this idea because we always come back here and we always get back to the community and we thought that people know us for playing basketball but people don't know who we are. It's, as individuals so it was more of a deeper look into who we are and our sense of humor and and our opinions on different topics not just basketball and that's why I like the show is because we give our opinions on everything and it's not just a basketball show.
0: That's definitely great there's always a lot more to somebody as as you start to see than just what they do on the hardwood but Kevin, it was absolutely great to have you on today. I'm glad we could talk hoops, and hope we could do it again sometime. Maybe get a continue to talk about about the NBA and everything that's happening. Yeah, no doubt, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All right. So for Kevin Jones, I am Zach Weiss, and we will see you next time across the cat.